Hey everyone, mm-hmm. welcome to the Avinav show. Today I have someone, I have Antaratriya today and uh, you know, who's the author of the Chronicles of the Mortal Vishnu. You know, he's an, uh, he's an author, a storyteller. So, heard a lot of great things about you, man. <laughs> heard a lot of great things about Antaratriya. So, why don't you give us a little bit of insight about who you are? So, like, uh, as you have already told my name, I'm basically a author and a storyteller. Uh, right. Started off writing pretty young and I started reading young as well. Uh, the first memory that I have of my writing was probably when I was in class two or three. I had a fight with my then best friend. And back then it was kind of a life crisis situation. Obviously, I guess you can get that. So yeah. thereafter, thereafter, what happened is that I, I was a kind I'm still I'm uh, kind of a very emotionally, you know, weak or you can say a very emotional kind of a person. So like, well, uh, I have this fight with my uh, friend. I was down and my uh, mother say, asked me what happened. And when I told her the entire story, she told me just uh, like, if you are, if you guys are not in talking terms, write something like write a letter to him. And then I wrote my first, probably my first, uh, you know, exchange of communication through words. So I gave him a letter. It was obviously written in some broken English words, but the letter did a trick. Like it, it really worked. And that was the first time I realized how powerful words, written words can be. But after I continued this journey, I fell in love with writing. I fell in love with books. Uh, like I initially started reading Aurel Stevenson, uh, Annette Blyton and authors like that. Okay, but after right. I started reading the classic authors from the, uh, you know, uh, romantic age, including Shakespeare. And at the age of 14, I wrote my first book. Uh, it was published in Assam uh, called Classic Suspense Stories uh, okay. back in 2009. And thereafter, like I, uh, uh, I was certain that someday I'm going to be an author. But even I never thought that it would happen so soon. And it would happen yes. in a way. It would happen in a way where I, you know, not choose another career, conventional career, and go to become a storyteller. Yeah. So that's a bit about me. Yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, your book has successfully been able to, you know, generate a lot of buzz and reviews from some of the leading newspapers, man, like the Deccan Chronicles, right? The Asian Age and uh, yeah, the Assam Tribune, Sentinel, right? And and according to that, you know, Outlook, is it the Outlook magazine, right? It's uh, uh, Outlook and Business Today. Like, right, right. That, that's, uh, yeah, it was your most anticipated debut book of 2018 2019 right so so yes how what 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 made you write this book man what you are were you always into all of this yeah you said that you published your first book in 2009 back back then so how did you get into this fantasy fiction novel kind of thing See, this was like, uh, I think I've got enough time, so I, I guess I can be a bit explanative, right? Right, sure, sure, sure. 100%. Okay. So then the thing started off like this. I was, I never loved fantasy and I was an atheist. So, oh, you were an atheist, uh, okay. So uh, in the last uh, four or five years, two things changed drastically. First, I started loving fantasy movies. I remember I first watched this movie from Marvel Universe, the uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yes. That was my first introduction. Like uh, before that, my friends and all everybody, you know, they watched the Hobbit series, the Ring, uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings series. Although I have read the Lord of the Rings, I never watched that movie. Yes. Like I, I somehow I had problem with fantasy. Like I did not used to find it believable. 
and uh, like it's uh, like uh, I, I I think I'm going to get a lot of backlash for this. But I was nev- also never a very big Harry Potter fan. In fact, I did not find it believing enough. Right. So like I was never into fantasy. Then I watched this movie Doctor Strange, and I somehow found it believable. Like everything that was uh, yeah, shown was backed with scientific, uh, you know, knowledge and logic. Yeah, and exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Thereafter, I went on a spree of watching fantasy movies. And at this time, like I, I generated my interest into fantasy. That yeah, something this fantasy creates something that is beyond this world. Like it can help. You and your readers travel into a completely different dimension, into a completely yeah. different new world. Okay, and I'm just explore. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, and right at that time, like uh, after my graduation, there were some personal issues and all, and I, uh, you know, got depression. And uh, I was on a medication period for nine months as mm-hmm. well. But uh, it was not uh, working so much. And my mother once again suggested me that I should, uh, you know, try yoga. And once I tried yoga, I Uh, you know, develop my interest for ancient Indian learnings and the various tradition and culture that uh, Hindu scriptures advocated. And thereafter, I slowly and gradually I started developing interest into Mahabharata, the Bhagavad Gita. I started reading them all. I uh, saw the 2013 Star Plus Mahabharata show on on Star. So those kind of things really, you know, made me believe that. We really are blessed to have this huge, you know, uh, knowledge of yes, absolutely, yes, house of mythological things, and you know, the Bhagavad Gita especially, it literally answers yes. every problem in your life. Everything. So thereafter, I did that uh, combining mythology and fantasy back with logic. I can write something that can, you know, probably become the first uh, right. Indian fiction in which yes. an entirely different universe is shown. so that was it right so your book is essentially actually talks about and set in the next trata yoga right which actually right. talks about the complete entire history of mankind right 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 so and you talk about a lot of aspects like battles politics betrayals trails mm-hmm. and romance as well so oh. how how have you managed to put together all of the aspects like battle politics romance betrayal and you know and encapsulated into one book <laughs> like you know how is this entire trita yoga thing came about come about here yeah. like, uh, uh, basically first i imagined a story i like thought ki people generally authors in india like uh, basically all of the uh, hit mythological books are retellings like we right. talk about amish tripathi sir or anybody like those are great books but those are all retellings those are stories that we already have that we already somehow know but uh, i believe uh, i believe that i should write something that is completely new with fresh characters fresh story mm-hmm. and then i thought ki okay we already have a rough idea or everyone has an opinion of gods in this age like this is how gods came into origin and these were the things these things happen mythological things happen and then but i thought ki what could happen in the next like in the next earth in the next coming ages Once mm. this right. destroys us again, when the universe will be recreated. Like, what is the next thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so exactly that was what uh, came into my mind. And regarding what you were asking, like you know, plotting many things like romance, yeah, battle, trails, everything into a book. See, my inspiration for this book was Mahabharata, and you, as you can see, Mahabharata has everything is in it. Yeah. So I think that was the basic inspiration. I just wanted to, you know, probably do something in the yeah. like. 
I cannot even say that it is in the lines of uh, the great epic or something. But uh, the inspiration was basically Mahabharata, and one and the most important thing about Mahabharata is this that it talks about everything, right? It talks about yeah, every aspect of mankind. It talks about every aspect of our emotions. And that was exactly what I was looking for in my story. So that is why, like everything, I yeah. encompass everything together. And at the same time, like when a book is, you know, a multi-genre kind of a book, then you mm-hmm. get more readers. So that is another thing. So yeah, so the Mahabharata was your inspiration. It still is, right? So yeah. Right, what right. do you think? Yeah, what do you think are the not Adan? What do you think is the most important principle which the Mahabharata teaches to everyone? I know it has a solution to everything. It has everything else, everything you know, encapsulating, encapsulated in it. But what do you think is the most important thing that it teaches to humanity to everyone? See, this is a again a very personal opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Even even you would have heard heard like people often say that it is said in the Mahabharata, it is said in the Gita that Lord Krishna said that whatever yes. is going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, for uh, the more popular one, ki karam karte yeah. na, chinta mat karo. These are the kind of things that yeah, people often say, common. right? Yeah. But beyond those words, there was something more that Krishna said that people often miss about. There, Lord Krishna said this: that although everything is fixed, although what you are going to do, your destiny, your fate has already been written by the gods, but it is based on the decisions they, that you take today that your life ahead is yeah. going to be. Right. So basically, it's like this: that today, like I have five different alternative endings to my life story in in the in the real and pragmatic sense. For example, right. like uh, if I uh, if I try to you know not complex it much and uh, make it easy. For example, like if, uh, uh, like uh, Chachud and uh, like how if I was born an orphan, right? Suppose, right. Uh, like supposedly, hypothetically, I was born an orphan, and then I faced a lot of hardships from uh, from the entire world. I, uh, you know, uh, people were not good with me. Uh, like mm-hmm. nobody showed me compassion, and then I had two three choices. Like I could have become a thief and uh, look for easy money. I could have struggled. Maybe done some petty jobs here and there. Maybe worked as a servant or even as a child laborer, and and then tried and then and then could have tried to make my life worthy. I could have done many things, right? right. But the choices upon me that what I'm going to do. If I become a, if I would have chosen to become a thief, maybe my uh, end would have been like this: that someday, like okay. I, 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 I get shot in an encounter and I. But at the same time, like if I continue to fight, if I decide to fight, and I continue to do something in my life, even in my worst of situations, mm-hmm. then maybe someday, like I could have done something really good for myself and for everyone around me, and I could have become someone really uh, who is respected by all. So these are the this is what I believe. Like our lives have alternate endings, just like you know, the movies generally saw about show about uh, alternate realities, parallel universe, and things like that. I also believe the same that we. Everyone has alternative uh, endings to their lives, and it depends on what you choices, think, uh, yeah. what what choices basically you yeah. make that your life ahead will take you up. And this is the most important thing that Mahabharata taught me. And secondly, Mahabharata taught me that patience is the key to everything in life. Yeah. Like I, I was a kind of a very patienceless person. Like my parents were, as a kid, my parents were like very much worried about me because I was okay. very fickle in nature. I was. Uh, I also, as I told, I had issues of depression. I had anger yeah. management issues. Like I was kind of like you know, Garibo ka Kabir Kabir Singh kind of person. Yeah. So, like, from 
from that kind of a zone to uh, being a person right now who is really chilled out like these are the kind yeah. of mahabharata has taught me like and it has really taught me with examples so that is the biggest takeaway that mahabharata can probably give to any person i guess and also there is another thing here i'd like to add that yes. uh, the essence of mahabharata and gita is such that uh, the way a person sees his life is going to understand the book in the same manner like if mm-hmm. if, if i was a thief and if if i believe that what i am doing is right it's ethically mm. if, I, if, if i if i steal in the day and still i can mm. get a, uh, a peaceful sleep at night that is also a dharma for me so those are the kind of things that uh, mahabharata essentially talks about yeah this is what i believe essentially everything else that is written in mahabharata i think it is everything is predicated upon the action and the choices that we take right every lesson that it has right, right. so yes see one more interesting very interesting thing that is struck me a lot about your book that you know how just answer answer to me on this that how did you uh, put together the romance part in it means it's a mytho fantasy with uh, hardcore romance right oh, <laughs> despite right. Be, despite being a fantasy fantasy epic how did you actually put together the hardcore romance into it what is what is the hard romance aspect of it just explain that to me a little bit see like uh, uh, there are two lead characters as i said in the book and there are two female leads okay. uh, and now the female leads are not uh, merely the love interest of the male leads they have their own story of origin they have their own agendas and they have right. their own you know uh, kind of uh, kind of behavioral traits and kind of their own first uh, persona their own auras and when uh, like, i personally believe this thing that uh, you know a man and a woman when they come together like in a union yes. for a lifetime yeah. both both the energies get you know uh, what we say yeah. induct, inducted into each other and yes. uh, what we are alone we are much more together so that is exactly what is depicted in the book like you can never you know do so i i personally again this is a personal belief i personally don't yes. believe that you can do something really big or everything on its own all alone so you need somebody right yes. and there can yes, be nobody yes, so. better like if somebody who loves you who is a you know with whom you <laughs> have a romantic angle and at yes. the same time you share the same sort of philosophies about the greater good if you have the same sort of ideologies then there is nothing better than they two coming together and working together as a unit so that is basically what is the concept of romance here but at the same time uh, in a from the perspective of a uh, of a book or from the uh, from a literature perspective the romance has been shown in a very you know uh, contemporary style like uh, there are romantic scenes there are scenes like horse riding there are scenes like the guy trying to woo the girl the girl mm. trying to okay. those kind of things mm. because although this is a mythological thing but romance it exists in every time and one thing yeah. that i have uh, that i have tried to tried my level best to portray in this novel although the uh, style of narration of the romantic part is a bit contemporary but the setting and the kind of uh, changes or the kind of track that the romance tra- takes that is also very primitive in nature mm. you won't find any uh, uh, you know uh, larger than life uh, romantic uh, scene in that uh, in my book like there would not be something that uh, people in the primitive age would not would, would not have actually done for romance and that i have put in my book there is nothing like that so it's basically a very uh, you know hardcore romance right. but 
set in a very primitive structure in a uh, contemporary style of writing sure 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 so uh, yes uh, one more thing uh, that you talk about that you know somebody who's the, the antagonist antagonist of the book actually you say that this who's invincible right the antagonist of, is that uh, bhushwami that i believe right uh, right you see right right yes. you said uh, he's the most powerful adversary that was ever created just explain it to me that what makes bhushwami the most invincible one and why is the antagonist of the book see like bhushwami was the person who was born first on earth like he was the first man on earth of the next okay. so like uh, like when he was born after like he along with six of his comrades they started actually mm-hmm. leading the entire mankind they were the mentor to the mankind like the discovery of fire the invention of wheel to the setting up of political and socio economic structure everything was done by bhuswami uh, like by the entire mankind but everything was uh, you know uh, the formation the foundation was laid by bhuswami so basically he was a great soul and who actually turns corrupt once he realizes that he has unaccountable power in his hands and here here comes the first theme of my book and this is this that no matter how a great soul or a how a, you know great a person is if he has got unaccountable power in his hands he is very susceptible to turning corrupt and that is what exactly happens like he was blessed with all the god's boons he was particularly blessed, blessed by brahma vishnu mahesh and everyone with weapons of mass destruction so that actually he could control natural calamities and such disasters and protect right. the but once he turn, uh, once the entire you know society turns a debauched turn even he becomes corrupt and he Uh, becomes a tyrannical ruler so oh, like yeah, right. like like even if you see in the historical context like everybody every, every great dictator rises in the same way like if you talk about hitler like he yeah, is initially eventually transforms everything into tyranny yeah uh, you're right but when yeah. he initially initially when he came into the field of politics his agenda was completely different he was a nationalist person he was there to mm. build the great german empire again and then once you have unaccountable power in your hands you are bound to turn corrupt and that is what what is really difficult not to happen but in my story it happens and that is why he is really powerful like he is totally invincible kind of a person and even at the end when he is sort of defeated or not that like the readers will know once they read it but yeah. there have to be some the protagonist has had to do something that he was not supposed to do in order to you know face bhuswami acha why why don't you uh, why haven't you called him uh, you know protagonist why he is the antagonist of it he is the antagonist because like he turns corrupt and they uh, okay, yeah sure 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 onwards in the uh, last chapter he has a negative role like he is a his uh, typically a tyrannical ruler who has who is concentrates on nothing but building on his own wealth and empire and he created his own clan of daityas like who were superior who he believed were superior to men and like they were given you know uh, like uh, privileged uh, things which were not given to other people and the normal common masses so these are the kind of things and he had a different agenda like uh, he was pretty ambitious and he even wanted to be thrown indra dev from the throne of swarglo he wanted to conquer every dimension possible so that was the kind of person he actually turned into once he 
had this unaccountable power in his hands sure 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 uh, that means is that means he was it was essentially the creator of it who who handled all the socio economic socio cultural thing but he was the one who actually transformed eventually he transformed into a very tyrannical leader right 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 <laughs> this is the way he became invincible that's mm-hmm. amazing that's really amazing so um, yes man your book has already been sold you know 2500 copies that i believe right in 3 months right. <laughs> that's a me that's really amazing so i was uh, watching the hallie's top 10 mythological book recommendation so uh, she said see i haven't read the book yet but yes yeah it is it has been written very well right it has the, and the language is so fascinating right a lot of the people are, there's a lot of buzz a lot of the people are still talking about it the language the yeah the language it's really gripping really fascinating and it has been written so well <laughs> so like i when whenever like uh, like to add this also like whenever i read a book or i write something i always have one agenda in mind that it should be like a screenplay people while reading a book should have yeah. should get the imaginations of the scenes in their yeah, mind yeah. this was yeah. what i had in my mind while writing this book and i'm really 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 glad that this happened with this book like this was my agenda and the readers have found that in my book so i, I cannot yeah. sure sure Yes. Uh, one more thing that uh, that I wanted to ask you about, you know, something about the debut authors. You know, how about the young um, budding? Should I know you have talked about this? I have seen one one of your clip where you have talked about talked about that. How should a budding, you know, author should go about, you know, writing their book? But can you just like like would you like to tell me um, again that how should a young young budding should go about <coughs> writing the book and actually getting it pu- published? See, first of all, like you have to think, uh, plan really ahead, like a couple of yes, years. Yes, and yeah, and one more thing, one more thing. I, after having published, and they so that uh, they'll be able to build a suitable platform where they, the authors, and and the actually, the people, uh, uh readers are actually able to connect. You know. All right. So right. Like, yes. See, basically, first of all, when you decide, when a debutant especially decides to write a book, he has to concentrate on the genre. uh it's a very sad fact that in india not all the genres work well like uh, if you try to write a sci-fi story and you nobody knows you know not even a mm-hmm. single copy of, of your book is going to you know be purchased so yes. you have to be very specific with the kind of genres that really runs in india like uh, yeah. in india anybody who debuts they always find it easier to write a romantic novel because it sells like hotcakes although yes. as of now the romantic novels are fit you know in the done down way downhill because sales are not as much as uh, expected from those kind of books and secondly so there is this very specific genres right yeah ha uh, like to be like if it has the marketplace ha uh, if i can be really honest i would say ki our debut authors should always you know choose either a romantic novel or a crime thriller that also which should not be too dark or a mytho mythological fantasy these are the safe i can say these are safer genres like instead of trying something new it's really difficult to get a publisher so that is the yeah, first yeah. thing that you have to concentrate that is yeah. your genre and secondly like like even before you start on working with the manuscript of your book you have to build an audience so that you have an audience uh, if possible on instagram like uh, start posting quotes about things you believe start posting nano tales get a bit of followers 
so that is really essential like you should have right. followed beforehand before like a couple of years before you get your book published that is really essential and then you should uh, if feasible you should have a blog of your own you should write for right. things like right. your own virake and there are also many you know now it is there a lot of uh, smaller publishing houses uh, yeah. which look publish uh, anthologies and stuff like that so you can contribute in those things and you know get some some sort of branding for your uh, for me it was really beneficial that uh, just before i wrote this novel i also co-authored in a nanotail book with durje datta so that really was a boosting factor uh, in uh, like people started knowing me a bit and at the same time it also motivated me a lot so these are the kind of things that are kind of prerequisites before you write even write your first novel mm. and then uh, right. the process of publishing it's a very tedious and matlab uh, that's that's a long process of so it's a very tedious task right it's a very uh, like, long uh, getting it just, right just uh, getting a revert back from top uh, publishers like penguin harper collins or rupa takes yeah. you around 6 7 months like uh, they're going to have a look at your sample really? chapter, uh, your bio <laughs> uh and the revert time is around 4 5 6 months so like you have to have a lot of patience in yourself yeah and social media helps man as social media helps to leverage all of these things that they have platforms instagram you know facebook all of these means like, youtube and, and obviously you can always be innovative like for my book what i did is that if you uh, like if you have seen my book there are uh, at the uh, back cover there are three uh, logos of Instagram uh, fiction okay. page, and even inside the book there are three three other logos of three more Instagram fiction pages. So those were my partners. They promoted my work, and in exchange, I I provided them visibility through my book. So these kind of innovative things, like I believe I am the first mm-hmm. person to do this in Indian literature, yeah, and uh, sure. yeah. these kind of innovative things are going to help me because that alone gave me a visibility of around five lakhs plus people. Yeah. and that was the sole reason like when my book was in pre order it uh, was a amazon category best seller it peaked to uh, number 22 and mm-hmm. uh, back then i did not do any sort of heavy marketing or something like that it was only yeah. because of book pages that those many copies sold even in my pre order page sure sure so i so this basically, is the reason i been, yeah basically like uh, apart from being a good author you also have to be a very good marketing guy absolutely at least you should know someone who can help you with all this yeah yeah i think uh, do you agree with me that most of the actually authors they actually lose at their books they do not get uh, you know they are not being uh, they not they can't sell all of this because of the you know lack of marketing proper marketing you know mark um, and the branding of all of these things and they approach the con- conventional things and the and the thing that you've said about specific picking out the specific genres and knowing whether there's a marketplace or not right these are the reasons they, reason. they are not effectively able to sell their like, books even the top authors like india's top bracket authors like uh, chetan bhagat sir and dujel that the sir amish party sir even right yeah. now like they're always in the news they do so much of book tours they visit places they partner with so many you know uh, instagram or youtube uh, youtubers instagrammers and they always like you always have to be in front of the people if you need if you have to sell your product right so like if people don't know that you have a product how however great it is nobody is going to 
till the time people don't know that it exists in the market they're not going to buy it like uh, there was another issue uh, about my book like generally the books that you see in india they are like uh, even my book was priced a bit high like the mrp of the book as you can see is 399 it's a bit higher for a debutant author but the constraint for right. me was yes, was for, uh, was this that this was a fat book it had more number of pages so there was nothing that we could have done for the the printing cost was pretty high so even after that like uh, the book has sold a decent number of copies even after having okay. a you know relatively higher price mm-hmm. this is yeah. only and because like i believe that if i talk about numbers i have so far at least uh, got a visibility of around 15 lakh people and among 15 lakh people That's there perfect. are only 2500 yeah. buyers so you can see how low the conversion rate is yes yeah this brings me to uh, one of the important aspect that you have just talk about that i think you have written a you have written an article on uh, on i believe entrepreneur.com that why you know why do you think that author, yeah why do you think the author of this generation should have entrepreneurial skills right uh, like i wrote an article yes. about this yeah yeah so what do you think the main the reason and what are the skills that they should have possess as an uh, as a author as an author yeah primarily to you need to have a convincing and negotiation skill because when you're going to talk with the publisher you need to convince him that mm-hmm. the way you see your books the publisher too have to must have to see the book in the same light right only then right. he's going to be publishing your book so you have to have your convincing skills you have to negotiate well because like it's often seen that publishers generally like if you go for self publishing options like that <laughs> there are a lot of uh, you know technicalities and financial things that really uh, needs a lot of negotiation so convincing yeah. ability negotiation ability is the uh, primarily uh, are the primary tasks or the primary traits that you need to have and apart yeah. from that okay. you need to you know you need to really know the market not only your market mm-hmm. you need to know the market of your your auxiliary market like i'm a writer but i have to know about the market of poets content creators youtubers everyone only then i can yes. uh, get some sort of collaboration so i can uh, plan or pro- uh, make proposals for collaborating with other you know youtubers or instagramers yes. or creators so these are the kind of things that you essentially need and uh, most importantly you have to be a risk taker i, I believe yeah. everyone yeah. the risk taker and this uh, publishing a book today is nothing else but an entrepreneurial uh, action yeah. so um. He, uh, you know, you have to have really great guts and, like, uh, as I told, like, you have to be a risk taker. Like, you have to be willing to spend some money. You have to be willing to spend some resources. Sure. That's and everything boils down to risk taking, appetite having, right? And you really don't know what is going to work and what is going to not sure. work. Like, yes. I, I made a, tr- a teaser for my book. I don't know. Did you have a look at it? Yeah, uh, the the animated teaser. I believe this is the one. Are you talking about? Ha uh, ha! Like uh, the yeah, uh, a battle scene where a headless corpse. Oh, sure, the battle scene was there. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, so like uh, was, that yeah. teaser, like uh, that teaser was a pretty expensive uh, thing for me. And uh, among all the things that I have done till now, the teaser kind of did not work so well, like the way I expected it to work. I really expected that teaser would have, you know, really broken some, you know, view records or something like that. But nothing of that sort happened. So, like, yeah. uh, it was a, you can say it was a complete total loss for me. So you have to be able to, you know, uh, handle such losses because you don't know what is going to work for you and what is not. Yes. 
Yes, yes. Therefore, it will be advisable to keep on trying so many different things and having the risk-taking appetite, right? Because as you said, you don't know what is going to work and what is not. Right, right, right. Like you have to collaborate with as many people as you can. Fashion, uh, like fashion bloggers, food yeah. bloggers, anyone and everyone. Everyone, like anywhere, you can get visibility. I think your you and your book should be there. Hmm. Sure, sure. Sorry. Okay. So. So one yeah. more. Uh, it's a very different, um, different kind of a question. I don't know whether it's the right question to ask you or not. But I just thought that I would ask you this question once, because yeah, uh, the question is, uh, you, me, and see, we both come from a very small town of Assam, right? So, right, right. so what do you, what do you think the, what are the challenges that you think the creative people would have, you know, from uh, any creative niches if they want to put themselves out, out into the world. Example for writing, you know, what are the challenges that they go through? Because they have a lot of limiting mindset at the, at the very, you know, beginning that whether they'll be able to pull that off or not. See, like if you talk about uh, we uh, people coming from small town, we also have a very big advantage, you know, and that advantage is, is that we yeah. generally we generally don't know the. Uh, uh, basic uh, tricky know-hows of uh, the industry that makes us kind of mm -hmm. honest uh, and uh, one thing I believe is that when you are honest you are going to get people who are going to you know be really helpful for you like in my journey so far although I've come from such a small town I have met people mm -hmm. who have really helped me out and yeah. they really helped me out for one small reason because I have been honest I have been upfront with them I told them that I, that I don't know things I need to learn things and if you can you know make me if you can teach me a few things I'd be really glad about that and I can I cannot give you anything in exchange for that rather than you know uh, expressing my gratitude uh, for the entire lifetime so like that you you get, you get people like there are a lot of people who actually helps you so this is the uh, advantage of coming from a small town and about yeah, the challenge. Sure. Challenge that you spoke. The first thing I believe is the language barrier. I believe that, uh, especially for, uh, people from Assam, uh, like I'm talking under general consensus. Like yeah. even when I came to Delhi, my Hindi, my English pronunciation, the way I used to talk, it was uh, really uh, not up to the mark. So like uh, you have to first work on the way you express yourself through the popular languages in a big city. That is something that you have to you know first of all earn. Uh, sorry, learn that uh, how to you know that bridge away this language barrier. Yeah. And thereafter, you have to be a quick learner. Like you'll get people who are, will be willing to teach you things, but they're not going to spoon feed you. Like they're going to tell you a thing. You have to be really attentive, and you have to really uh, grasp on things by uh, hearing mm -hmm. them, uh, hearing people around you, looking at people around you. Like uh, I'd like to again add a very you know. Um, mm -hmm personal incident here like uh, there is a uh, friend uh, like friend uh, an elder brother of mine he's also my manager now like uh, the first day when I met him like uh, it was a professional meeting like uh, he spent around three four hours with me like he was trying to uh, explain me that how to interact with media how to talk with people how to sure. stand in the correct posture how to you know be more courteous things like that so everything like uh, like 
I can say that before I started my journey, I did not know anything, and then this guy taught me everything. But the thing was, this that even I believe that I was a quick learner. If I would not have been a quick learner, even he would have maybe, uh, you know, got bored or uh, decided not to invest yeah. so much with me. So it's really important that you be a quick learner, and then things fall into places. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Third, yeah. Uh, and most importantly, I have. uh like uh learned this is the biggest take away from my journey mm-hmm. so far apologies and uh, like gratitude these two things work like wonder like we are newcomers we come from small towns we yes. are bound to make mistakes we are bound to make errors so once we make error is the best thing is that accept it upfront and apologize for that people are really good people are going yeah. to forgive and they're going to teach you but you have to be really honest and You have to, you know, take responsibility for everything that you do. You yeah, being accountable is the one. Yeah, sure. Exactly, being accountable. Right, right. Very yeah. true. Yeah. With this, we come to the end of the show. I had, I had an amazing time. We have really had an amazing, you know, discussion with uh, Anthar Athreya, and he has provided us with some really amazing gems and uh, some really <laughs> deep insights. So it, it was lovely talking to you, man. It was really amazing. Same here, Dean. This was really great, and I really wish you all the best. And like this was one, as I told you already, this was one yeah. of my most comprehensive interviews, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm sure, really looking sure. forward if we can do something else in the future as well. Yeah, so sure. all the best, all the best, and keep, uh, keep broadcasting things. Yeah, sure. All the best to you too. for your future endeavors and for your book as well it's such Thanks. an amazing book i'm going <laughs> to recommend it to everybody else <laughs> for Thanks, our listeners and everything thank you so much thank you Thanks. it was wonderful man theek hai sir akhilo de recording bro take me take me wait a while and let me just save it for once ah uh-huh.